0: Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur
1: Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights,
0: strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario
1: Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my beautiful friends. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome to the Zenpreneur Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure and honor of interviewing Gian Pipkin who is known as the fierce female financial financier. She possesses the cure for financial cancer. and You can call her a money doctor, and she is fiercer than Olivia Pope. I'm excited. And today, Jian is on a mission to educate the underserved community, bringing financial literacy to all. Jian, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you.
0: Hello, hello, hello! It's an absolute pleasure. I'm excited to be on here. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. It's a it's it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, but it's more of a pleasure just to get to see you, Mario. So
1: (laughs) beautiful. Thank you, thank you, John. Now I want to set the stage for people to get an idea what it is that you can do for them. Now most of our listeners are entrepreneurs, they're business owners. You know, financial education is applicable to pretty much anybody on earth. So I'm curious, what can listeners expect from, you know, working with you?
0: Well, working with, well, there's actually two different things. Working with me on the client side and working with me on the business side, there is actually both, you know, my husband and I run our own distribution firm. We're always looking for hungry, ambitious, motivated individuals because not every single person is running out there to be in the financial realm. Um, We do need to help individuals, Mm. right? And our mission as a company is no family left behind. So on that side, but on the client side, really helping individuals just become educated so we can leave a better future and honestly leave generational wealth. Um, I know I made this word up, but right now we're passing down ignorational debt. We're passing down ignorance and debt. We need to pass down knowledge and wealth. So we want to make sure that we focus on that. And um, my main focus is making sure that people are in control of their finances and they're not being controlled by their finances.
1: Hmm, such an important topic that you're bringing up. And there's a lot of questions that I have for you. And I want to dive into that. Before we do, though, I'm curious, where does your passion for financial education come from? Did you just one day wake up and say, Oh, I want to educate people around money? Or was there something that triggered this, this desire, this hunger inside of you?
0: I'm really glad you asked that question. That's an excellent question. And I did not roll out of bed one day and say, I want to be in finances. That was absolutely not my path in any way, shape or form. Um, I actually think it went through the experience of not having or the lack of, right? So I actually watched my grandmother and my grandmother had 10 children, by the way. So I come from a very, very, very large family. Um, We actually, from my knowledge, I have 40 first cousins and um, each of them have their own children. So my grandmother just found out she has 71 greats and great-grandchildren. So we have a very large family. Wow. And, you know, we come from Brilliant. a very <laughs> small town, but I feel like a lot of us were told a lot of certain things as as facts, like money is the root of all evil. Money can't buy you happiness. Money isn't everything. I started to believe these things. And also one of the big ones that I believed is you know, wealthy people are, are are bad or wealthy people are greedy. It's like, if you have a lot of money, you're a bad person oh. naturally. And I grew up with these things, believing them. So I had a very unhealthy relationship with money. And I believe that was passed down, not uh, on purpose, not purposefully, but my grandmother, because she didn't get the financial education she deserved. She could not pass it down to her children. Therefore, when my mother, and let me just tell you this and set the stage, Mario, my mom is is such a square in the best way possible. She is an amazing woman. She's great at saving. (laughs) She does not go out. She does not drink. She does. She's very low maintenance. So, you know, for her to be able to save and her never getting ahead. No, she was a single mother. Um, She was working on a teacher's salary. So she was very overworked and underpaid. And unfortunately, she got let go. And I remember watching her, you know, really it's rough when you see your mom and hear your mom cry because she wants to be able to give you and offer you things that she just can't. So, you know, when people say money isn't important, you can't say that to a parent that's trying to give to their child or, you know, a father that's trying to give the vacation life or, or just pay the mortgage, you know, to parents like that. So anyway, I said, I couldn't get the information from my mom. She didn't get it. So I thought about it real hard. If I didn't learn this information for myself, What would I be passing down to my next generation? Or what would I not be passing down to my next generation? And to be honest, it starts and it ends with me. That I think is the biggest reason for me. I'm huge on making sure I create a legacy. I love my husband. I want to make sure he has the world. But when we have children, I want to bring them into a world where they don't have to want or need and have the issues and struggles that I had growing up. So when I got introduced to this business, I realized I can go out there and help individuals that have went through financial struggles, just like myself, so that they don't have to experience those things because the school of hard knock life is extremely expensive. <laughs> right? So if we can eliminate some of those financial, you know, bumps in the road. Let's do that. The, the conversation at the dinner table needs to change. So um, at 26, I realized how important money was when I moved from Nebraska to California, my rent was $480 in Nebraska. Obviously you can't find a Harry Potter closet for $480 in California. So I realized (laughs) right then and there, I'm like, you know what? I need to do something about this. And I was 26 years old with less than a hundred dollars to my name. And I had to do something different. So I had to change. I think that's when it really struck me and uh, this business, you know, thank goodness to one of my good friends, she introduced me to this business and, Fast forward four years, my husband and I run this firm, you know, we have offices in at least seven different states, you know, we have agents in over 12, Um, you know, we're well on our way to seven figures. And I'm just blessed to be able to help others be able to really learn and understand because knowledge is a portion of the power. We can now give the action behind the Mm. knowledge so that we can really make a better future tomorrow.
1: Yeah, beautiful. I love that, and I can, I can relate, you know there's especially what you said at the beginning about these beliefs that are cemented into your uh, into your mind. It's like money, you know money doesn't grow on trees, uh, bad, rich people are evil, you know, money isn't everything. And so I see this happening a lot in families, and um, I'm wondering, you know, what was that like for you? because when you suddenly start to see all of that? you also start to see how people are limiting themselves in your own family. And, you know, that to me is quite an emotional conversation because you might be the only person that says, you know what, I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to be limited in my money. But everybody around you might be like, oh, don't, you know, don't be so greedy, you know, money isn't everything and and they try to talk you down. So I'm I'm wondering what was your experience like when you first discovered this and when you decided to go on a new path?
0: That's a great question. And Mario, there's a book that pops directly into my mind as soon as you brought that up. There's a book called The Dream Giver. or the, It's either The Dream Giver or The Go-Giver. I think it's The Dream Giver. And it has this beautiful analogy of he was given a feather. And that feather was his dream. And throughout his entire journey of trying to get to his dream and realize his dream, people that he loved and cared about the most were discouraging him, right? So it was it was yeah. kind of similar to that. You know, the people that you love and you care about the most, sometimes because it's because of protection for their their end or fear from their end. Um, I know a lot of the times you decide to grow and they are fearful to lose the person that they know. So therefore, they want to keep you as the individual that they know because it's comfortable for them. And I've realized that. And that was very difficult for me at the time. I lost best friends. I lost people that I went to church with. I had people, sorry, I had these lights, that I, to show. Um, I lost family members, you know, that told me I was acting different, right? There's a new me. And, you, you know, it took a long time and it took a lot of confidence to realize, yeah, it is. It is, is a different version of me. You know, I'm, I'm the same individual, but I'm different. I should be different. Why am I doing the same things? I should be changed. And, you know, it always brings me up to a quote, and I tell this to my agents all the time. You cannot tell your ocean dreams to pond people. You cannot tell your ocean dreams to pond Mm. people.
1: And I was
0: one of the main individuals who I, I shared a lot of information to people I loved and cared about. But again, they were fearful and they didn't have the same vision and same goals I did. So to them, it was impossible or something they should be fearful of. And they tried to deter me from it when I could have just kept it to myself or found the right individuals. And this is why our environment is so important. You have to find the right people to really be around that have the same goals and values and dreams as you do so that when you explain these large goals and dreams, you're supported or even encouraged or even pushed to do bigger and better. But I was stuck and the the individuals I had around me with love and respect, (laughs) they were holding me back and they were fearful for me. So I got a lot of, um, I don't know, pushback, slack, um, honestly, rudeness a little bit to some people. Some of my family members don't talk to me. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, that happens. I bet everybody on this podcast who's been in business has experienced when you try to offer your business to someone. And for some reason, now that because it's your business, they're not here to support you the way that you thought that they would support you, you know? And um, it's beautiful to be a part of a a community in our business that really supports everything that I do. I have a family and I'm so blessed and grateful for that because I don't know where I'd be without that family? So that's a really great question. It was difficult for me, but I had confidence in myself and I had confidence in where I was going. Yeah. And I stuck to my dream. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you for answering that question so beautifully. And I I love what you said about, you know, the quote, you don't, uh, you know, you don't tell your biggest, what was it? Ocean dreams to pond people? Ocean dreams
0: to pond people, (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. You you need to stand guard at what gets in your mind. And you know, you talk about environment. And from what I'm hearing, what you're saying is, environment is one of the keys to financial success, because you have so many people there that are trying to talk you out of what you are trying to accomplish, not because they're evil and bad people. But I feel like they they feel you know, they are on one level and you're on another level and they feel uncomfortable, you leaving that level and moving to another level. So they want to pull you back so they can feel more comfortable. And I'm wondering, what would you suggest to to somebody, you know, say an entrepreneur who is on the path to wanting to master their finances, but they're in this position where they have people around that, you know, are important to them. Uh, and they don't want to, you know, necessarily hurt them, but they also want to master their finances. What would you tell somebody like that?
0: Well, a couple things, actually, you got to get crystal clear on your why and crystal clear on your goal. You know, I, I can't remember and place on, you know, who actually said this, but as a famous poet is that I can help anybody get anything that they want. The problem is so many individuals don't know what they want. So us getting crystal clear on our why and our goals, if we know it and we believe it and we understand it, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It really doesn't. And if, if we're focused yeah. on understanding our goal and we know about where we're going, it, it's not about where we've been. It's about where we're going. We can stay focused. We can stay focused. So, But we have to get crystal yeah. clear on where we're actually going. We need to have the map, right? You may not know exactly our A, B, C, D, E, F, G, where I'm going, but you know that you're going to get to G. So the way that you get there might be different. That's all right. But if you don't know where you're going, you can't aim at a target with no target. You know, so I think that getting crystal clear on your why is the first one. The second one, and I know know, this might be a little contradictory, but like put them on a grown-up timeout. And I'm one of those individuals that I I created (laughs) that a couple years ago where you just have to put some people on a grown-up timeout. You know, they can't, you don't want to kick them out of your life. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's Mm. a... Maybe it's a spouse even. And this is, again, why you have to pick and choose the people around you very wisely, including your spouse. I'm not telling you to go kick your spouse out of the picture. But sometimes you have to put them on a grown-up timeout. And this is, again, where your why comes into play. Because if your why, your goals, and your vision don't match up to the people's morals and values around you, you just have to take a very solid look at that. You know, you got to audit your life. And I, I consistently am auditing my friends and I'm auditing my family. I'm auditing the things that are going into my body because again, we know, and all of you are entrepreneurs, so you know how important health, wealth, fitness, finance, and the fundamentals, the fulfillment of life are all important. You know, we, we go by the five Fs, family, faith, family, fitness, finance, and fun are fundamentals. We believe you can have it all. It, It's important to have your health correct. It's important to have your, Environment correct, so therefore you can come correct in your business when your mentality is off, when your environment is off, with what you're putting in your body is off. And a lot of the times, the problems and issues we're having, we could look back right at personal development. And if we could bounce back into, okay, well, why is my business lacking? Why do I feel off? Well, look and see, are you personally developing? Did you stop doing that? And a lot of the times, when I stop feeling like I'm on top of my game have to look, am I doing my personal development? Am I reading my affirmations? Am I meditating? Right? Because that's a big play into that. So your why, right? Doing an audit, right? Putting some people in a grown-up timeout, right? And um, I would honestly just make sure your health is taken care of, your health and your fitness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's so good. You know, I love this, this grown-up uh, timeout. <laughs> that's a really cool idea. <laughs> and also... You know, you can really see that it is so crucial, like you, the way you put it forward is, you know, taking and doing an audit of what goes into your body, you know, what goes into your mind. Are you exercising on a regular basis? Are you taking care of your mental and emotional well-being? And I love that you talk about that because many times when I hear financial advisors talk They only talk about, here's the strategy, this is what you need to do, but they don't talk about the whole human being that's a part of that. And I love that you do that. And there's something that really piqued my interest because I I read that you talk about the context of slavery and money and you talk about a new new phenomena that you see right now. And I'm really curious if, if you could elaborate what connection you see between the two.
0: Yes, and a a great point that you're bringing up. And what really hit home for me is when I heard this quote a couple years ago, I would say probably five, six years ago, this quote by Harriet Tubman. She said, I would have freed more slaves if only they had known they were slaves. I would have freed more slaves if only they had known they were slaves. And I feel like so many individuals Mm. are slaves to their finances. And we don't even know it, right? Just, and I want us to all just take a moment and think of, imagine the difference we all could make if everyone really started learning about what the wealthy did, right? Because we could do what everyone else is doing, right? But one of my mentors said, hey, listen, if you see how many individuals are doing this, you should do the opposite, right? How many of us would feel relief? How many of of us would break the chains of our families, you know, structures? And I don't know what that looks like. It could be great. It could be bad. You might be the one that brings wealth to your family. I know for me and my family, that's what I want to do. I want to break the chains of what's been holding us back. I don't really see too much wealth in our family. There might be one or two individuals, but it's not something we talk about. So A, the conversation at the dinner table needs to change. And B, if we don't, if we're fearing it, that means we're being enslaved by it. When you fear something, you're being mm. controlled by it. And and I will no longer allow my financial situation or my finances to control me. And it, and when you go to a restaurant, how many of us have ever done one of those situations where we look at the menu, but we look at the menu and we don't look at the menu for the food, we look at it for the price. That's being enslaved. Not allowing our children to go to the school that they choose to go to because we can't afford it. That's being enslaved not understanding and being fearful of our credit card or, or fearing a bank, that is being enslaved. And here's another one for you, Mario, you like this. right? I remember one of my family members has said, banks are scams. And when I hear individuals make these statements, you know what <laughs> I, I the acronym SCAM stands for, for me? It's still confused about money. They're just still confused about money. Yo. They're such a fear- <laughs> fear-based mindset. <laughs> And, and if we could just learn how to control it, again, we're in power. It's not being, we're not being empowered by, you know what I mean? So I want to give people the power back to their money. I want them to be able to look at their finances and not be scared of it. I want this to be a conversation that we have a good relationship with our money. If we start younger and, and we talk about it, we control it. We don't have to be fearful of it. Therefore, we can we can break those, fr- those chains and uh, free ourselves.
1: Man, that was so good. So, so good. And I love what you said, because it's exactly what I try to, what I not try to, what I am teaching on. Fear holds you prisoner. Any kind of fear. doesn't matter what fear it is, but it's so true what you said. And I have experienced this myself where I would go to a restaurant. I remember living in New York City and running a business there, and I never made more than as an entrepreneur there and I was just hustling and working all the time but I wasn't making more money because my relationship with money wasn't in abundance Mm -hmm. and so I remember many times when I would go on a date or I would go out you know I wouldn't look at the food at the at first I would look at the Mm -hmm. menu a price I was like price okay it's what's sort of the the one of the cheaper meals that I can afford okay go for this one and I felt terrible doing that, you know. I felt terrible not being able to support my family whenever they needed my money. Like money had me in its grips, and I love how you make that connection and you really bring the awareness forward that this is mental slavery. It's like, you know, so many people are afraid of money and you know have these ideas that are holding them back. Just like you said, you know, banks are a scam. You know, even if they are. You're the idiot if you just sit with that and say, Yeah, that's all a scam because you're not able to participate in the wealth game in this world. So, you're all you're doing is just being right about your beliefs and you're stuck there. So, I love what you're bringing forward. And I want to get a little bit more into the um, nitty gritty of it because I you talk, talk about the rela- um, relationship. Saying? Yeah. 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 Please.
0: What you brought up such a great point when you said, the game and that's exactly what we're in right now whether or not you believe it or you choose to believe it we are playing a game and one of the key players or one of the key components is money in this game and imagine if we're playing this game like i'm terrible at basketball but we're going to use this analogy let's just say you are going up on the court (laughs) i'm going up on the court right and your family knows about finances. You know about the game of basketball. Let's just switch into basketball, right? You know about basketball. You know how to dribble. You know how to pass. Yeah. You know how to free throw. You know all that, right? I hope those are <laughs> I know that much about mm-hmm. basketball, right? And then over on my side, I don't know anything. I don't know what a dribbling is. I don't, I don't even know. I have no idea where the line. I have no idea. Who's going to win that game? Yeah. Obviously, the family that knows the rules. And yeah. this is what's happening right now. Yeah. We don't know the rules of the game that we're playing. And again, regardless of believing that you are in this game or regardless of you actually wanting to play or not, you are in the game. So who's going to win the game? Who's going to get to their financial dreams and goals faster. We need to learn the language of money. It is a language. It is a game. We need to learn that so that we can control it. Right. And, um, We need a coach (laughs) like no one can get to the NBA playoffs or the NFL. Like you cannot get there without a coach. So many of us are getting on this court and we're going against the Kobe's and the Michael Jordans of the game expecting to win. But we don't even have a coach and we don't even know the game we're playing or the rules. And this is, so, this is why so many individuals are not able to reach their retirement goals. So many people that we know, love, and care about are going back to work at the age of 50, 60, 60. You know the retirement age right now? The average retirement age is approaching mid-75s. This is a problem. Wow. This is an issue. And as much as we want to try to sweep it under the rug and not talk about it and not care about it, it's real and it's in our face. And we're approaching it. We're in our 30s. Oh. Right? We didn't expect to be in our 30s as fast as we were in our 30s. Are we at where we wanna be? Some might say yes. Some might say absolutely not. And for some of these stats, and we can get into some of these stats later, but in 2020, they said 43% of working age households in the United States were at risk of not having enough in retirement, just to cover their basic needs, you know? 401K contributions are lower than ever, right? And people are pulling out of their money you know, early withdrawal, So they're getting less in retirement than people even believe. So these stats yeah. just literally go look it up. So back to what you were saying, but I yeah. love how you brought up the fact that money is a game. It is absolutely a game. We need to know the rules that we're playing and we need to have a coach.
1: Yeah, this is so true. This is, and really, I want all of our listeners to really narrow in on this. You know, having a coach for whatever area of your life, finances, business uh, uh, the relationship is such a game changer. Like if you've never experienced having a coach, it's just changes everything. Like <clears throat> I've just invested the most money that I've ever invested into a coach it, it, into the well, into the multiple uh, tens of thousands of dollars. And I can tell you right. after just two sessions, I've already signed a new client and the way that I show up in my sessions now as a leader It's just on such a higher level. Why? Because I'm so much more committed. I'm so much more accountable to my dream. You know, you talk about retirement. My idea of retirement is by the time I am 40, I want to have enough income for me to be able to say, I don't want to work anymore. I'm good. I know that I won't do it because I love doing this and I will probably do it well into my 70s and 80s because it's just so much passion but I don't want it to be out of necessity. I don't want to be back in this scarcity place where I'm like, I have to put my dreams on hold because I got to make sure that we can pay the rent. And in order for that not to happen, I got to constantly up my A game. It's not enough to just be at the A game. I got to constantly go into the evolution of my A game. How do I do it? Coaching is one way. Absolutely.
0: I love that you said that. And you know what you said, you're putting skin in the game. You know, so many individuals don't have skin in the game. Mm. You know, and once you start to have that skin in the game, you have a little bit more umph in it. You know, you, you you have ownership in it. That's what it gives you. So when you don't start putting the skin in the game, like everybody on here that's an entrepreneur, like when you put thousands, hundreds of thousands into your business. You have to make it work because you put so much skin in the game. It's your commitment level. So when people pay for things, when people get coaches, when when people get that office that they know they probably may may not be able to go afford. they just put skin in the game and it raises their confidence level, which makes them want to go out there and really make it happen. When you have a little skin, you know, I don't know if you guys have realized too, the people that pay the least on stuff usually complain the most. They do the people that pay the least for things typically (laughs) complain the most, (laughs) and then then the people that are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for things—they're the people that figure it out, and they're 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 less of a complainer than the ones that pay little, right? Right. So put some skin in the game, have some commitment level, and then raise your confidence by that too. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's so true. You know, the moment you invest, you become invested. And and you, I see so many people that are trying to achieve their goals. And I use this this analogy where, you know, you go, you try to go swimming, but most people, they go try to go swimming in a swimming pool by holding onto the rail with one hand and dipping in, uh, you know, their, their right foot and then say, yeah, look, look how much I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to swim. I'm like, no, dude. You're, you got to jump in, you know, put, as you say, put, put some skin animal. into the game. And and that really makes, <laughs> makes the difference. And, you know, I, Jen, I want to ask you some questions also about certain strategies, because you talk about passive income. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, that's something that I'm personally really interested in. And like, could you, like, from your perspective, what are what are some smart steps for an entrepreneur to set up passive income streams that can help the person have a lot more safety and security and luxury in their life?
0: And that's a, an amazing question. And you know, I think a lot of the times, and I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers when I say this too, but I think a lot of the times people want to, when they hear passive income, they hear, okay, multiple streams of income, right? So then I could have things coming in, which is correct, mm. right? They say that average millionaires have about mm. seven different streams of income. But I think a lot of the times, and I'm going to use a visual just because I'm a very visual person, right? I think a lot of the times what people do is they get seven different things that they're involved in, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then they try to do a little bit of everything. I'm a barber. I do cars. I'm a dishwasher. I run my own uh, clothing mm. company. I also have a cake company. I also do skiing rentals, and then also uh, on my spare time, I, I do par- uh, parakeet rentals. I don't know. But when you're trying to do so many different things, you're, you're now actually distracted from doing one thing and doing that correct right, and allowing that to be your first passive stream of income, right? So you need to focus on doing one thing. Uh, listen, I know so that's going to ruffle some feathers. If you have a nine to five and then a part time, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you should quit your job and only focus on your business. But if you have a nine to five in, in your business, run your business and get that working for you and get that independent. So what people need to really focus on is distribution. Companies that really thrive, companies that truly are thriving are focused on distribution. My business is a distribution business. I don't do financial products and services. I'm a distribution company. I sell some of the best products and services from nationwide, Pacific Life Urber. I don't own any of myself, just like Uber. Uber is a distribution firm, right? The person who owns Uber does not have to be there, right? So there it's a passive stream of income, but also it's mm. a distribution business, meaning they don't have any of their own products and services. They're utilizing others. Just like Airbnb. They have the largest real estate, but they actually don't own real estate. Wealthy people, and there's a really great book, and it's kind of a thick, a thick book, but Robert Kiyosaki came out with this book called why the rich are getting richer. And he explains this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful concept of leveraging other people's money. Right. It's a beautiful term for that, right. Leverage other people's money. I'm going to name my boat that term, by the way, too. So go Google it and look it up. (laughs) DM me if you know that word. (laughs) DM me if you know what word I'm talking about. Right. Uh, But we need to start understanding what the wealthy are doing. And how they're creating different businesses focus on one business get that going for you create that passive stream then go create other businesses and if you find a business or a side hustle or, or a, you know a, your i don't know entrepreneur business that you can run that'll allow you to distribute more in that business oh i would go for that and i know some people have a bad concept to like an mlm company that's a very intellectual model Very intellectual model. And this is why you see some great individuals like Ed Milet and Andy Fursella doing first form and also uh, Grant Cardone. They have distribution companies. And and people get that confused, MLM distribution companies as as like a pyramid scheme or a scam. They need to take a strong, solid look at what a business looks like. Any business model has that ladder of someone working for someone else. But when you're working for a distribution firm or MLM company, I have to say this. You can be the person that makes the most. You are the individual that owns your own business. So you need to stop looking at what somebody else is doing and focus on your own and create the same wealth that other people are creating. People are winning out there, making millions of dollars a month with these same structures, but then people want to look at the negatives instead of going to find it for themselves. So second thing I'm going to say is do your research and don't just Google. Like, honestly, do some serious, solid business research. Learn books on finance, learn books on sales, but more importantly, learn books on people and learn books of ways to grow and build wealth. That's important. You know, I don't unfortunately see too many people out there reading books and obviously probably not your You know, viewers and listeners, you guys are the one percenters that are are reading books, that are learning how to build and grow your mindset, that are working on that. But look at the average and ordinary American individual. Most individuals are not running out there, reading books on how to profit, how to grow their sales, how to grow their techniques, how to be a better business individual, not a manager, but a leader, right? So anyways, read books, right? Uh, (laughs) Focus on one thing, create that, create that passive income right? And then get around individuals that have ran businesses, sold businesses, and that are in the position that you want to be in. I think that is so big. Again, that runs Mm. back to our environment. Get around individuals that are in your position of where you want to be. Stop listening to people that are not even where you want to be in the next five to 10 years. I will never listen to my lawnmower you know, the person who takes care of my lawn, my lawnmower, uh, the person who takes care of my lawn, if I want to know stuff on my my, my face, my facials, right, you're going to get a, per- a professional in that field. So we're taking advice from people who are yeah. not where we want to yeah. be and do not have the things we want either. So I think that's a, the, the big three that I would focus on.
1: Yeah, this is this is such great advice. And, you know, starting with the first one. I see this all the time, especially with entrepreneurs. And this is this whole thing Mm -hmm. that you described in the beginning with the five pence, right? So many entrepreneurs, they are like, oh, I have so many ideas, I'm so creative and that's great. And then they start one thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Now the challenge with that is your mental capacity to focus on any individual task is limited. So now you are splitting the limited amount of energy and focus you have into five different areas, which means every single one of these areas is only going to receive one-fifth of your attention, which means the chances of success are significantly lower. So I love the analogy that you talk about with focus, the acronym, focus until one co- uh, focus on one course until successful. And that's exactly what I have taken to heart because I used to do the opposite. I used to be like, oh, let me do this over here, even in my own business, right? I was like, I have so many offers and I wanna try out this concept and maybe I'll put out a course until I'm like, no, I'm only gonna focus on one thing and I'm gonna scale it up to seven figures. And once that's completed, next chapter, then scale that thing up next chapter right i'm no longer interested in being all over the place so thank you for that i think it's a it's a great tip and also you know here we come back again to environment like like i had this this conversation with myself in the past especially with family members and i love my family dearly though what i noticed is i would speak about topics that they have no idea about that they couldn't and i would get answers <laughs> that i didn't want to hear that were not very conducive to me going higher and creating a bigger impact. There would be a lot of questioning. Why do you do that? You know, the, what the, this, is, this is stupid, you know, just be happy with, you know, with a little bit, you know, you don't need all of that. And I was like, hmm, exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they don't get it and they can't get it. And that's okay. Yeah. It's on me to realize that they're not the right people to talk about this specific subject. So that meant look for new circles, look for new people. Look for the ones who have already done it. And that's something that it seems like you have mastered. And I love those tips that you've given us in terms of setting up passive income streams. Now, on that breath, I want to ask you, do you see any particular trends when it comes to passive income streams that you feel people should really look into right now?
0: I think that the big one goes back to getting into a business that allows you to set up the distribution aspect. I, I truly do. Um, listen, mm. I heard this podcast. I don't know who, whose podcast it was, but he was interviewing, you know, Damon John, the guy from shark tank, bald guy, right? He created an yeah. organization and a company called yeah. FUBU, right? We probably remember that, right? Cause all of us over the age of 30, we remember FUBU, right? So FUBU was back in the day, back in the 90s, right? Some people call it the 1900s now, right? But back in the 90s before, you know, the internet, before smartphones, how did he blow up his company? He blew up his organization and his business because he said, I had over 100 distribution channels in every single state. He went out, recruited, and built a business of over 100 people in every single state. Imagine if you could duplicate yourself 10 times, 20 times, 100 times. That's what my business and myself and my husband were focused on, duplicating ourselves. So we created a duplicatable system. Here's a big difference that I don't think a lot of people realize. There's a big difference between entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship. Neither are wrong. There's no right or wrong way to start any business, right? There's a big difference. There's entrepreneurship, there's entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, there's already a system in place, there's already a structure in place. Entrepreneurship, you're starting it from ground zero. You're starting it from the ground up. It's just you. You're figuring it out. You're creating the system. You're creating the structure. I'm in an entrepreneur business. I don't have to create the structure, I don't have to create the system. The wheel is already round. I don't need to make it a triangle right? So I'm just going to run the system. I'm find the right <laughs> people to work with me. And like Ed Milet, actually, one of the most amazing individuals I kind of stumbled upon a couple years ago, love what he said is, look at the mm. system of McDonald's. Look at that system. And if you guys haven't watched The Founder, which I'm sure every single person that's listening to this has seen The Founder. If you have not, here's a plug. Go watch the movie The Founder. Watch it a couple times, right? He created A system. Well, the brothers created a system and it's still used to this day. Guys, McDonald's burgers are, sorry, McDonald's, we know that they're not great for our health and our body and they're really not that great anyway. You can make a better burger at home, right? So why is McDonald's still doing so well? Well, because they have a system. You purchase a McDonald's, Mm. you didn't just purchase a burger company. You purchased a system that runs with or without you. Now all you need to do is plug and play. So if you can create a business, that's a plug-and-play business, if you can, and and here's a quote, too, the person the furthest away from the sale makes the most money. So how can you get further away from the sale? How can you distribute the best way to create and grow your business? Like, let's just say you're a barber. It is not for you to now get more clients. No. And a lot of people would think, oh, well, you know, to grow my business, to grow my wealth, I need more clients. No, because what happens if you have 120 people walking your front door? You cannot cut every single person's hair but what you can do is go get 50 solid barbers and guess what you just did you increased your income you increased the amount of hours that you have in a day you just increased your distribution you increased you you increased your profits yeah. so more profits for the company more art margins more, more hours you have in a day gives you more income for your family so if you can create a business or a structure mm. like that or if you can get involved in a business or a structure like that I would highly recommend that. I would highly recommend that. I think that's one of the biggest things, right? That's on the on the business structure side. Um, mm. There's also product sides that we can dump, dive into, but I'll, I'll give you general information. You guys start to start looking at like index funds. Look at index funds. And I know people have heard like this term passed around what we help and my husband and I focus on in our community is helping individuals create infinite banking or, or uh, you know, wealth funds for themselves and their family. Right, we probably heard that term being self-funded or self-banking, right? That's what we create. We want to make sure that people don't have to go through the banks to get loans and grants and funds. We can borrow money from ourselves. Right? So there's a lot of funds out there, and and many of us do not know, but there's hidden secrets in books. There's hidden secrets in books. And and I'll leave you with this too. Tony Robbins coined this phrase in his book, Money Mastering the Game. Great book. He said There's something called the rich man's Roth. The Rich Man's Roth. Because we all know that you can only put five hundred dollars a month into a Roth IRA. Okay, well there's other products out there that people are using. What 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 is Jeff Bezos using? What is Warren Buffett and his family using? What are the Rockefellers? What are the Rothschilds using? Well, again, there's hidden secrets in books. And this is why you need to get a coach. You need to find individuals that know things that you don't know so that you can get to places you need to go.
1: Right? So it's a little nugget. Mm. <laughs> little, uh, a little one. It's quite a big nugget. I love it. This is so good. <laughs> so much value. Thank you for this. I love this. This is this is great. And, you know, even you're sparking my creative thinking because essentially what I'm hearing is, is you're saying, first of all, the w- one thing that you're saying is the difference between an intrapreneur and an entrepreneur. And, you know, I'm on the entrepreneur route because I just love this. I love building something from nothing and then creating the system and then stepping away and becoming more of a business owner. I'm on that process of becoming more of a business owner. And so I think what you say is something that I feel a lot of entrepreneurs should take to heart because a lot of them are entrepreneurs for the pride. So they can say, Look at me, look at this amazing thing that I created out of nothing. It's all my thing. But if they're really honest with themselves, they would do so much better in an intrapreneur position. Because in an intrapreneur position, as you described, you are supported by a proven, pre-given system where you are plugging yourself in with your strengths, which in that case from what I'm hearing is... Is people people's trends, right? You need to know how do you uh, how do you enroll people in this idea of joining your team? How do you sell? You got to be able to sell. How do you nurture relationships? Um, how do you yeah take care of people? And when you do that, and you have that charisma and that confidence, which you can also develop, plugging into a system like that is a goldmine, you know. And I know people personally that have done that in multiple ways, and they have created multiple seven-figure incomes by not having their own business, by being plugged in. And that led to so many other deals, speaking opportunities, their books, their podcasts that have been monetized, their online courses, right? So I feel what you're saying is so important. And this is a call to anybody who's listening, check in with yourself. Maybe this is your calling to try this out and you know, let go of this idea that somehow this is a pyramid scam. And as you rightfully say every business in its foundation is a pyramid, right? Our political systems are pyramids and, you know, nobody complains there. We just take it. But here all of a sudden, when you hear about that one friend who all of a sudden comes in with a Porsche and you see her working from uh Mexico and Tulum, you're like, oh, she's part of a scam. She's part of a cult. No, I would never do that. Right. And so I think, you know, You made a really good point here um, and something to take to heart. And now, so basically what you're suggesting also to business owners, to somebody like me is, if I'm hearing you correctly, is saying develop a system that I can essentially, like a franchise, give to another person who maybe wants to coach in my methodologies and wants to use my branding and my language, doesn't want to create the whole thing, and then can go out. And every time this person goes out, I get a cut and if I train 50 to 100 people that are doing that my goodness I mean the income is is limitless
0: <laughs> it's limitless you've now just duplicated yourself you've given your, yourself more hours in the day and you can do this with virtually any business and I think more individuals are starting to catch on uh especially you can see on TikTok and TikTok and Instagram people are now offering their coaching you know, uh, their training. Because here's the thing, I think people are realizing they can't do it by themselves. You can't do everything by yourself. You can't. You can't cook the burgers, take the fries, make the order, make the milkshake, do the drive-thru. You can't, right? And, if, and you can try doing it. Trust me, we've gone to taco shops where there's one guy back there cutting up the beans, the rice, enchilada, all that stuff. We've been there, but it doesn't deliver the best customer experience, does it? No because it limits your time. So you can duplicate yourself, right? Like I have a friend that owns a lash business now, and she's trying to remove herself from the situation. She's one of my clients, and she said, you know what, that's a good point, because I'm getting tired. I want to take some days off. Well, guess what? If you run the business all by yourself, you cannot take the days off. Here's a really great plug-in, too. (laughs) I love books. I'm a a big book reader. Another Robert Kiyosaki book, The Cash Flow Quadrants. You know, we, we hear about these things and then we see them in person mm. and then we just don't add them up to the to equal it. Cash flow quadrants. In that book, he explains there's four quadrants. There's four different ways to, to have income. The first on, on the left side, let's just look at the quadrants, one, two, three, four. On the left side of that quadrant, we have employee and someone who's self-employed. Okay, so someone who's employed, right, they are trading time for money. And Warren Buffett said the worst way to make an income is for you to trade time for money, for you to physically be there every single day. So your goal is to remove yourself from having to be there every single day to make the income. Because if you're trading time for money, you only have so many hours of the day. So then we go to, let's say, self-employed. This is where most individuals are, and that's all right. Right? That's where I was when I had my own special effects, makeup, and body painting business. That's what I did before. It was just me. When I was sick, my business was sick. When I wanted to take a week off for a vacation, my business had to take a week off for the vacation. And I realized I needed to figure out a way to leverage other individuals' time. Again, wealthy people have yeah. learned the beautiful word of leverage, right? How do they go ahead and make sure they, they don't have to just be there every single day, but they can be gone for two weeks? And why they're gone? Maybe they're playing golf, maybe they're in Hawaii, maybe they're in Tulum, maybe they're in Bora Bora, whatever. They're making an income because the individuals that they have hired, that they have recruited, which recruit is not a bad word. I need people to get to understand that as well, too. hired or recruited into their business. They have now they're there so they can make an income while they're gone. Right now we're running a business Mm -hmm. that is now bringing us to the right side of the quadrant, which is business owner. You have a system that runs with or without you. And then eventually want to get into investor. That's where I come into play as well, too. That's my forte, right? We want to help the investors. We want to now invest the funds that you now have, right? Because you have made a money, you have made income. Well, how do you put it into different businesses? How do you make wealth with your wealth? And that's my specialty. How do I help individuals make more money from the money that they currently have? How do I protect it? How do I maximize it? Mm. And then also how can we make sure that we don't have to give it all up to the IRS?
1: That's a big one, <laughs> a big one. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> Look on but, hmm. I, I love that. I love that. And, you know, John, you have provided so much value today. And I know that you're not even done yet with providing value because you also have a free giveaway for our listeners. And it's called Bosses Who Brunch Financial Class. And so I would love... For you to speak a little bit into that, what that is, and um, you know, how people can, what's the best way for people to grab a copy of that training?
0: Absolutely. So there's actually two giveaways I have. That first one we are actually to be determined. Um, it's a good friend of mine who hosts a beautiful uh, organization called Bosses Who Brunch, and it's typically only for women, but this class will be open, um, I believe, to men and women. Uh, so. This class is going to be based, it's going to only be an hour class. It's going to be a series of different topics that she's going to be hosting. I'm one of the speakers on that class. Um, so definitely check out and you can definitely pay attention and, and find out when we drop that class, that will be um, something that that is actually a cost to that one. So that's why, but I will be on that. The free one I'm going to go ahead and drop too, but pay attention on Fierce Female Financier on my Instagram. Also, I'm one of those people, like I love people, like text me. I text me. I do not mind. Here's my number 402. I'm from Nebraska 402-617-0645. Go big red. Um, and then also the free one that I do want to give away to everybody that's listening today. There is a book that that speaks about the ways that wealthy have created and maintained and passed down wealth from generation to generation. Um, individuals like JC Penney, uh, of course, individuals like McDonald's, even Walt Disney have used these structures. The book is called Money, Wealth, and Life Insurance. And I went ahead and it's posted onto, you know, however, Mario, you can get it out to everyone. Uh, but that is for free for you guys. Um, it is a great book. By the way, it's only 91 pages. So are there fun books about finance? Yes, there <laughs> are. And this one's a short one, too. So I guarantee that book will definitely give you some insight. Um, on what the banks are doing with our funds because we all know that the banks invest our funds but where so it explains to us where and how definitely pick that up and take a nice listen and read it is also an
1: audio Mm. beautiful 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 john thank you so much i will be sure to add all of the things you just shared into the show notes so people can find it. I mean, I'm going to listen, re-listen to this podcast, which I don't usually do um, full transparency because you've dropped so much value and so much knowledge and so many book titles, so many insights. I mean, seriously, everybody, you know, if you're done listening now and you haven't written down all of the book tips and the insights that Gian provided, I highly recommend that you do because Gian, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I will let you have the last word um, as a message to anybody who is uh, on the path to mastering their financial game.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. And uh, just remember, it takes time. Um, There's a really great axe analogy, and I can't remember all four of the components, but if you're here to cut down a tree, right, just know that it doesn't just happen with one swing. You know you can't just take one whack at it and expect that tree to knock down. It has to be consistent, right? You have to hit it in the same place a couple of times. Um, you, you have to sharpen your blade. And when 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 we say sharpen your blade, that means sharpen your mind, sharpen your skills, right? And then also just know no. you have to hit it hard in the same place over and over again and again with a sharp blade. So just know you guys it's going to take time. So I'm going to give you a word and it's yet. If you feel like you're not where you want to be? put the end, the mm. word at the end yet, right? I, I haven't saved and invested. I don't know where to save and invest yet. I'm not going to be able to retire yet. So please remember that word and just know that you're probably doing better than most individuals when it comes to saving and investing, right? Because a lot of individuals in the world don't even know where to start. And, and many have less than $1,000 to their name in the case of an emergency. So I just want you to know you're, you're, you're probably better off on where you think that you are, um, but we are here to help that's what I'm, I'm placed on this earth to do, to be of service to other individuals. By the way, all of my my, my sit-downs, my consultations, I don't charge. So, so if you need any financial help or, or just, just learning and, and knowing, knowing about your goals, I do that, that for free. Um, and then just know that we put the fun wow. back in, in fundamentals oh. and the fine back in finances. So we are here to help and we're here for you for sure.
1: John, thank you so much for your wisdom, your insights, your presence, and your time. I truly appreciate you. And thank you, my friend, for listening to the Zenpreneur podcast. And with that, we are complete for today. And I will see you on the next episode.